It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. Today in the Word, we are in John chapter number 3. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number one. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews, and the same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, or teacher, we know you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And you go down to verse 13, and it says, And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And then verse 31, He that comes from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly, and speaks of the earth. He that comes from heaven is above all. So a little bit of background. We come from Jesus publicly driving people out of the temple in chapter number 2 to a private meeting at night with a single religious leader in chapter 3 to being parked by a well with a Samaritan woman in chapter number four. So that's the Gospel of John, man. It's just contrast after contrast. And I believe what John is doing with these stark contrasts, chapter by chapter, story by story, is he's really just illustrating the truth of John 3.16. For God so loved what? The world that he gave. Man, it's just showing us the variety of people that Jesus came to from every walk, every stature, um, man, every culture, every gender. And he just came into this world out of the love of the Father, ultimately, to give his life. So here in chapter 3, we have a Pharisee named Nicodemus that comes to Jesus at night. Now, we've seen a lot of the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the very strict religious leaders. It was, I think, about 6,000 Pharisees in Jesus' day. Nicodemus was not just a Pharisee. And by the way, the Pharisees were strict adherents to keeping the law, uh, the first five books of Moses. And then the scribes created the, the Mishnah, and then there was the writings. And so they expanded that out, but they were meticulous keepers of the letter of the law. Now, this guy Nicodemus was not just a Pharisee. He was also a ruler of the Jews. That meant he sat on the Sanhedrin. He was one of the 70 elders that really ruled in Israel. So you got this religious man with the greatest of pedigree. You have, man, him being a respected leader. He's like a rock star in Israel. And he even had some uh, condescension toward Christ. He said, We know that you're a teacher come from God because no one can do these miracles that you're doing except God is with him. So he was going above and beyond even the rest of the Pharisees. He was giving assent to who Jesus was, not as a believer yet, but later we see him as a believer. But in all of this pedigree and all this goodwill and all this notoriety and all this respect, man, what did Jesus think of it? Verse three, except a man be born again, 
he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, you want to talk about the kingdom of God and you want to have these deep conversations, but I'm going to tell you something. Until you're born again, you don't even know what the kingdom of God is. You cannot even see it. Totally confuses Nicodemus. He says, how can a grown man be born again? Is there some way I'm going to get back into my mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus said a verse that confuses some people. He said, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Well, some have said, well, see, there's the water. That's baptism. That's talking about baptism. Well, no, that would be contradicting a lot of other things, not baptism. Some people say, well, it's the washing of water by the word because Paul called the washing of the word in Ephesians chapter 5. Well, that's true. We are washed by the word. But the reality is that metaphor he used of the washing of the word wasn't given to us until Ephesians chapter 5. And yet Jesus said this in such a normative way that he expected that Nicodemus knew what he was talking about. Say, well, Pastor Mike, if it's not talking about water baptism, if it's not talking about the washing of the word, what in the world is it talking about? Well, what you should be asking is what in the word is it talking about it? And remember, the scripture interprets the scripture. So if you want to know what it means, in verse 5, he says, except a man be born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter in the kingdom of God. And he immediately interprets it in verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's the water. That's the natural birth. That's the first birth. That's the breaking of the water of the womb. And he says that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And then you got the second birth, the born again birth. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So we come into this world born of the water. We come of this world born of the womb. And that's what Nicodemus asked. Do I enter again into the womb? But Jesus said no. You need a second birth. You need a brand new birth. You need a birth that comes from above. And the birth you need, Nicodemus, is going to place within you a nature that is my nature. Jesus said, it's the nature that comes from me. That's why in verse 13, it says, no man has ascended up into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. Jesus says the new birth is the nature I am bringing down from heaven that no one else has ever done. And even in verse 31, John said, he that comes from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthy. So you got the spiritual and you got the fleshly, right? He said, he that comes from above is above all. He that's of the earth is earthy and speaks of the earth. He that comes from heaven is above all. So the new birth is the heavenly birth. The new birth is the nature of Jesus Christ being implanted within us through regeneration. And unless we receive the nature of Jesus, we can't enter into heaven, nor will there be anything heavenly about the way that we are living our lives. And so without Christ, without that new birth, without that implanted nature of Jesus within us, man, we are destined, and I would say even doomed, to live a fleshly, earthly life that ultimately will keep us separated from God in the heavenly life forever. It's that flesh nature we're born with. It is really what is at the center of all of the world's problems. Man, we are in the midst of a great crisis in our world right now, like we haven't seen in a very long time, and that is the attack of Ukraine by the Russian military. And people say, what is going on with Putin? And people say he's acting unstable and, and he's a madman. Well, the reality is Putin's just acting in accordance with the nature of this world. You know, in Ephesians 5:16, Paul talked about evil days. He talked about living in these evil days. 
Well, when did the evil days begin? When will they end? Well, I'll tell you what. They began in the Garden of Eden. They began when man fell by sin. And that's just the nature of every day in this world. We live in a world of evil days. Now, some days that evil manifests itself more blatantly, more bluntly, more clearly. But there's never a day on this earth since the fall of man in the garden that we have not been living in an evil day. And we will until that day when Jesus makes all things new. Man, you look over in James chapter number four and the questions asked, where do wars come from? We look at the war in Ukraine and we say, why Putin? Why all this? Well, James asked that question and answered it in James chapter four and verse one. Basically he said, where do wars come from? And uh, where do the fightings among you come from? And here was James's answer under inspiration. Don't they come from here, even from your lusts, that war in your members, in your flesh, in your body? You know where the outward wars come from? They come from that same warring that happens in your flesh. And that war in Ukraine, that's the result of the same war that happens in your family between husband and wife or between brother and sister. Man, it's that same war that takes place within you, warring against addiction and temptation. He said in James 4.2, you lust and you have not, you kill and you desire to have, and you cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. I thought about Putin, you lust and you have not, you kill, you desire to have Ukraine, and you cannot obtain it, you fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You know what the reality we want is we want satisfaction, we want value, we want meaning to our life. I believe Putin wants to be known as a great Russian leader. Well, the reality is the great Russian leaders of all time have all been known as conquerors. What has Putin conquered in his lifetime? Nothing. And I think he feels the clock running out on his opportunity to be known as one of the great Russian leaders. So I don't think it's a logical thing. I don't think it's a, a beneficial thing. I think it's a pride thing. I think it's Putin desiring to have something that he doesn't have because he hasn't asked for it. And you know what it is? It's peace with God. It's worth. It's value. You see, what he needs is to be born again. See, the problem with Putin is the same problem we all have. It's the problem of our flesh. It's the problem of sin. Now, we have our own unique set of circumstances, and those circumstances and opportunities produce different manifestations of the flesh. But, you know, it's, it's still the flesh. And the manifestations of the flesh come in all shapes and sizes. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 19, it talks about the works of the flesh. It said, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Now look at the works of the flesh, the manifestations. Adultery, fornication, which is sexual immorality, uncleanness, lasciviousness, loose living, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, or just strife, right? Emulation, that's jealousy, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelings and such the like he says of which i tell you before as i've also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of god what did jesus say nicodemus except you're born again you can't see the kingdom of god why because that which is born of the flesh is flesh a pig acts like a pig because a pig is a pig the flesh acts like the flesh because the flesh is the flesh putin acts the way putin acts because putin's acting according to his fleshly nature manifest in his 
unique circumstances and opportunity. The circumstance of being a Russian leader, the circumstance of wanting to be known as a great one, and the opportunity to attack a neighbor that he sensed would just roll over. What we see on in the world, what we see in Putin, is really not all that far from every one of us. It's the flesh acting like the flesh. James said that's where the warring comes from. It's your desires in yourself to have what you cannot have and what you really want, you just haven't asked for. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So that's the problem. Now the answer, the answer uh, is the same answer that Jesus gave to Nicodemus. It's the same answer really for Putin. It's the same answer for our world. Jesus said, you must be born again. You know, the Galatians chapter 1 in verse 4 says that Jesus came and he gave himself for us that he would deliver us from this present evil world. So that's why Jesus came. That's why he was talking to Nicodemus. That's why he was with the woman at the well. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Why? To deliver us, to rescue us from this present evil world that we see manifest in so many different ways in war, in disease, in political posturing, in, man, strife within the home and family, with dissension and disunity. Man, you must be born again. So what's the application to us as believers that know Christ as our Lord and Savior? Well, really, to be surprised by the evil in this world is to discount the clear teaching of Scripture. To be unmoved by the evil of this world is to discount the, the new birth and the presence of the Holy Spirit within us that wants us to mourn over the evil in this world. To act to resist the evil of this world through the gospel is to live out the life and purpose of Jesus Christ who came from above to this earth to deliver us from it. So that's what it's really about, right? If we're surprised by this evil world, man, open your Bible and keep reading. If you're unmoved by it, get on your knees and ask the Holy Spirit, to take control, to act, to resist the evil of this world through the clear message and teaching and love of Jesus Christ. Man is to live out the life of Jesus Christ in this world and to deliver people from the evil of this world. So the word for today is simply this. Rather than rolling over or living in panic to the events in our world and just live on mission today, to rescue others from it. Just live on mission today. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.